Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different grape varieties, the different regions, and the history and culture of wine. And it's been a while since I've recorded an episode because I had finished this educational trip around the world, visiting and talking about all the major regions that um, grape varieties that uh, students need to know about when learning about wine. I began this podcast in 2017. And at that time, the microphone I had wasn't particularly good, and I was still learning how to uh, present the podcast and what I wanted it to be like. So I wanted to revisit and rework some of those earlier episodes, just to really get them up to date in terms of quality, and also latest trends and what I've learned since then as well. So for instance, we're going to start restart with the Loire which was the first episode I ever recorded, and that was just one episode on the Loire. And now I want to do three episodes to really expand understanding and knowledge of the Loire Valley, which is one of my favourite regions to visit in terms of its beauty, but also uh, to taste in terms of its wines, because there are some fantastic wines made in the Loire Valley which deserve uh, deeper exploration than I originally gave. And this first episode of the three on the Loire Valley focuses on the grape varieties, touching also on some of the differences where they're grown elsewhere, for instance Chenin Blanc in South Africa or Sauvignon Blanc in New Zealand. But um, looking at the major grape varieties and also some of the more minor grape varieties grown in the Loire, their characteristics and what they taste like in the Loire. So let's start with Sauvignon Blanc, a grape variety strongly associated with the Loire Valley, particularly appellations such as Sancerre and Puy Fumé, but also uh, Menetou Salon, which is right next to Sancerre, and the nearby Cancy and Roy, and also uh, the Terrain region produces quite a lot of good value Sauvignon Blanc. But we'll be looking at these regions in more detail in the next episode, which is on the white and sweet wines of the Loire Valley. For now, we'll be focusing on Sauvignon Blanc and its characteristics. A great variety also grown not too far away in Burgundy in the Saint Brie appellation, the only Burgundy appellation to specialise in Sauvignon Blanc, which can be quite similar in style to the Loire Valley. Climatically, it's very similar and it's very and it's pretty close to Sancerre and Puy Fumé. So what a small region that's of some interest and part of this conversation. So what are the characteristics of Sauvignon Blanc? Well, first of all, it's the high acidity. Even in warmer climates, Sauvignon Blanc maintains that high acidity. So thinking about warmer parts of South Africa or Chile or California or Washington, it still has that really refreshing quality to it, which is one of the reasons that Sauvignon Blanc appeals as a very refreshing white wine. It's classed as a semi-aromatic white grape variety, so not as rich or opulent or voluptuous as, for instance, Viognier or Gewürztraminer, which are classed as aromatic varieties but nevertheless quite distinct in its aromatics and quite easy to spot in a blind tasting. And a great variety which is a great introduction to uh, beginners uh, wine tasting because the aromatics are so clear and so would associate gooseberry, grapefruit, passion fruit, uh, particularly in a warmer climate, grass, asparagus and green bell pepper. So um, herbaceous vegetal aromas and usually Sauvignon Blanc isn't Asian oak, although Bordeaux and Napa Valley would be exceptions to that. So it's really about expressing the purity of the fruits um, 
aromas. And those aromas come from compounds found in the skins of the grapes called thiols, which are released during the fermentation. And these produce those distinct gooseberry, grapefruit, capsicum aromas, as well as um, cat's pee, something else also associated with Sauvignon Blanc, which doesn't sound pleasant, but it does have that real um, vegetal nature to it. And these thiols released during uh, fermentation can really be exaggerated through winemaking. So for instance, in New Zealand, where you have a really uh, pronounced um, Sauvignon Blanc profile, machine harvesting increases the thiols and also releases enzymes which respond to the wounds caused by machine harvesting, which um, also increase the, the, the release of the thiols during fermentation. Skin contact also before fermentation can um, increase the number of thiols in the skins and cells, which um, will release, which will cause those thiols to be released during fermentation. And so these are practices um, commonly occurring in New Zealand, which is why you have these really, really pronounced emphatic aromas. In the Loire Valley, there's more debate and there's more emphasis on a more nuanced style of Sauvignon Blanc, if you like. Uh, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc can certainly be very in your face, but some producers will use skin contact uh, to reduce acidity uh, in Sauvignon Blanc because it can be so high and because there's potassium found in the skins and that will remove some of the acidity uh, from the wine. Whereas others avoid skin contact completely because they believe that it affects the flavour too much. And of course, using skin contact does require extra extra tank space as well, so it's a practical consideration. But there are definite winemaking techniques to, that are practised or avoided to emphasise or to restrain the characteristics of Sauvignon Blanc, whether it be its acidity or its uh, pronounced aromatic profile. Sauvignon Blanc is also a high vigour grape, so there's lots of uh, canopy produced by the, the vines which, especially in cooler vintages, cause the grapes to be unripe and too herbaceous in their aromatics. So it's very important to contain vigour, especially in Loire's uh, cooler climate, where you may have cool vintages and don't get that ripeness. So using low vigour rootstock is important, and also canopy management, just um, making sure that those leaves are drawn back and not taking away too much energy from the grapes themselves. And certainly uh, the quality of Loire whites in general has improved greatly over the last 20 to 30 years, in part because of a better understanding of what's happening in the vineyard, and so that the grapes are coming in ripe and healthy rather than unripe and green. And that is true of Sauvignon Blanc. Also in central Loire, in Sancerre particularly, Pinot Noir is grown. Again, we're not too far away from Burgundy, though the northern part of Burgundy. Uh, so the Pinot Noir here produced here is quite light, light in colour, uh, light in body, and with a nice floral, perfumed aromatics. Think of it as an equivalent to, say, Marcinet or Irancy, uh, which is a Pinot Noir appellation just near Chablis. So a cooler climate Pinot Noir for sure. You don't see it too often. Uh, the wines of the Loire Valley are extremely popular in Paris, which is not too far away, just about two hours drive away. And so if you go to Parisian bars and restaurants, you'll find a lot of Loire wines, and that's where a lot of the red Sancerre goes to. But you, you can find it abroad. Also, very much a lighter style of Pinot Noir. And because of that cool climate and lighter style, quite a bit of it is made into rosé. And these would be high-quality rosé with a bit of a tannic grip coming from the Pinot Noir, but quite light and pale in colour. And so it appeals to the international trends for rosé in colour and appearance, but with a bit more texture and depth to them. And these can be uh, very good rosés, uh, refreshing, quietly serious. 
As I mentioned, we'll talk about the Appalachians in greater detail in the next episode, uh, but Pinot Noir, red or rosé, will come from Sancerre or Menetou Salon, which would be even rarer to find, whereas Puy Fumé is white only, so only, only Sauvignon Blanc. And in the next episode, we'll talk in more detail about the differences between Sancerre, Puy Fumé, and Menetou Salon, as well as Cancy and Roy. Let's move on to Chenin Blanc. So Chenin Blanc, um, also called Pinot de la Loire um, locally, is planted in the um, Terrain region, which is just west of the central Loire, and most famous in Vouvray, also in neighbouring Montlouis. And then going into Anjou Sommeur, it's planted in Anjou, Sommeur, Sommeur Champigny, Savanière, and also Coteau du Léon. And so Chenin Blanc can be made in very many different styles. This is the advantage and disadvantage the Loire has, the huge array of styles of wines, which is fantastic for the wine consumer, choose so many different styles to drink, but also confusing for the general consumer as well. So Chenin Blanc can be made into dry wine, which you would find in Vouvray and Savanière and Anjou. It can be made into a sweet wine, also found in Vouvray as well as Cote du Léon. It can be made off dry, for example, a Vouvray demi-sec. And it can also be made into a sparkling wine as well. So Creme on the Loire or um, Sommeur, uh, sparkling Vouvray as well, partly or solely from Chenin Blanc. So a very versatile, great variety. And also part of its versatility, moving out of the Loire, is that it maintains its freshness regardless of the climate. So generally, Chenin Blanc is considered as having a very high acidity, and in the Loire Valley it certainly does because of the cool climate. But it's not naturally high acid grape. In South Africa, the acidity is noticeably lower, but, but still in the warmer climate of South Africa, it maintains its freshness. So I was speaking to one winemaker there, uh, David Sadi, who said that the um, acidity of Chenin Blanc, or his Chenin Blanc, which is grown in the Svartland, is actually not that high at all, but it has that perception of freshness with the viscosity. So it's important to remember that the style of Chenin Blanc in the Loire Valley with really high acidity isn't necessarily the style of Chenin Blanc that you'll find elsewhere. So in South Africa or California, for instance, it'll be richer, fruitier, and less acidic. And so the style of Chenin Blanc is very, in the Loire is very particular to the Loire Valley. So Chenin Blanc is a vigorous grape variety, um, like Sauvignon Blanc, so the canopy does need to be managed. It buds early and it ripens late, which is not actually good for the Loire Valley because early budding um, introduces the risk of spring frost, and the Loire Valley has had an issue with that in recent years. And the late ripening could be an issue as well because Loire Valley has a cool climate, so getting Chenin Blanc fully ripe can be difficult. But it's those difficulties and those extremes which can make Chenin Blanc from the Loire Valley some of the greatest white wine in the world. And also it's why so the sweet wines of Vouvray are so prized, because getting that really rich ripeness is difficult. And so it's only in the best years that those really great sweet wines are made, when you can have that long, warm growing season. And likewise in Cotto du Leon, which where the grapes may be affected by botrytis, Again, that long growing season is highly prized and will change from year to year. As with the other white wines of the Loire Valley, Chenin Blanc is generally not aged in oak. It's about expressing the aromatics and the purity of the fruit. But winemaking will, of course, vary between dry, sweet and sparkling wines. Regardless of style, Chenin Blanc I associate with the wax 
beeswax, honeycomb, honeyed aromas, more honeyed as the wines get sweeter, with that um, high acidity in the Loire Valley and a really um, almost chewy texture to the wines as well. One exception regarding the use of oak is Anjou, where the wines may be barrel fermented. This barrel fermentation does produce a slightly more oxidative style, a bit nuttier. And these wines have improved greatly because back in the 1970s and 80s, there was too much oxidation. These wines lacked their freshness and just not having that vibrancy we associate with the Loire Valley. But better winemaking, as well as better vineyard management, has meant that the wines of Anjou have improved greatly, but haven't actually uh, risen in price that much. Uh, the whites of the Loire in general do present extremely good value. Also grown in Touraine, Anjou and Sommer is Cabernet Franc and this is the great uh, black variety of the Loire Valley. So we'll find Cabernet Franc in Chinon, in Bourgueil, Saint-Nicolas-de-Bourgueil, which are right next to each other, and also Sommer, Sommer Champigny and Anjou. So widely planted. And like Chenin Blanc, this can be made in a wide variety of styles, which again it's attractive and appealing because we can get different styles of red wine, different styles of Cabernet Franc, but can be confusing to the general consumer as well. So Cabernet Franc in Loire, which has its cool climate, can be a light-bodied, lower alcohol, fresh, fruity style of red wine. And you'll find this in Saint-Nicolas-de-Bourgueil, as well as parts of Chinon. And we'll talk about those regional differences in greater detail in the third episode, which will be on the reds, rosés, and sparkling wines of the Loire Valley. Or it can be made in a more intense structured, concentrated manner, and this really depends where the grapes are coming from. And so in Bourgai, for instance, which is on the banks of the Loire, or in Chinon, higher up on uh, limestone-based soils, the, the wines are much more intense, more tannic, and are able to um, age for longer. And these may be aged, uh, matured in oak as well, maybe new oak, but probably some older oak, just to add to the structure and texture of the wine. And these wines can be extremely high quality, still medium bodied, and um, can age for, for decades. And the great thing about uh, Loire Valley is that you can find Chinon, which is 30 or 40 years old, and it's still um, affordable. I've bought wines from the 80s, which were just um, 30 to $40, which is pretty crazy for a high quality old wine. Cabernet Franc can also be made in, into rosé or part of a rosé blend. Uh, so rosé can be made from any of the uh, black grape varieties grown in the Loire Valley. And Cabernet Franc can be one of those because it, it maintains its high acidity and its tannins aren't too aggressive. So you can still have that freshness. We'll talk about the rosés in episode three, but there are different styles of rosé made in the Loire Valley. And some of the best are Cabernet Franc based. And the Cabernet Franc, like Chenin Blanc, is different in the Loire Valley than elsewhere because of the cooler climate. And so it is quite a versatile, adaptable grape, also grown in Bordeaux, where it, might, where it would be fuller and more tannic, and usually used in blends with Merlot or Cabernet Sauvignon, whereas in the Loire Valley, it's, uh, it's likely to be varietal, or, or maybe blended with a tiny bit of Cabernet Sauvignon. In the Loire Valley, it will have herbaceous aromas, a little bit of greenness to it, a little bit of vegetal aromas, uh, red fruits, raspberry, strawberry, as well as pencil shaving aromas too, especially for the more mature, intense, uh, concentrated wines. And then you find Cabernet Franc grown in the New World where it's very different. Uh, for example, in Napa Valley, often made like Cabernet Sauvignon and to taste like Cabernet Sauvignon, but it still should have a bit more greenness and a bit more herbaceousness than Cabernet Sauvignon, which can also share those characteristics as well, given that it is the offshoot of Cabernet Franc and Sauvignon Blanc. 
So other black grape varieties grown in the Loire Valley, particularly in uh, Touraine and Anjou-Sumer, um, we have Malbec, locally called Co, and this makes a very different style of wine found in Argentina, as well as Cahors, much lighter bodied, um, much um, more restrained, lower in alcohol as well, not too dissimilar from the Cabernet Franc, with some, maybe some um, slightly herbaceous aromas, but with more black fruits and a nice fruitiness to them. And these will be found just in the southern part of terrain, um, mostly. So there's not much made, but what is, is actually uh, quite interesting and quite good, and not dissimilar to Beaujolais. And coincidentally enough, Gamay is also grown in the Loire Valley, and those wines will again be quite similar to Beaujolais in style, but a bit lighter, because the climate here is cooler than Beaujolais. But they will be fresh, light and fruity, and very appealing, and a lot of fun. And in fact, um, we'll, we'll look at the regions in episode 3 for red wines, but there is the Cote Rouennaise, which is parallel to Beaujolais. So the Loire Valley is absolutely huge, going from the Atlantic Ocean into central France, so the Cote Rouennaise is quite disconnected from the rest of the Loire Valley, and the Gamay there can be absolutely superb. A once widely planted grape is Groyot, which is usually used for rosé. Um, it's a high-yielding grape and can produce quite thin, uh, dilute wines, but which are very um, high in acidity, which is good for rosé. And it's le not planted as much as it used to be because it isn't the highest quality, and so it is in decline, which is probably a good thing. But there are some producers who do work with Groyot, particularly older vines, who can produce some very good wines from the grape variety, grape variety uh, similar in style to the other red wines of the Loire, um, light, but with a nice a tannic intensity to them. Only a small number of producers do produce high-quality Groyot. For most, it's just for rosé or it's, or it's been replaced. There's also Cabernet Sauvignon, which is also used mainly for rosé. I have tasted red wine made from Cabernet Sauvignon, and it's very similar to Cabernet Franc and very different from Cabernet Sauvignon that you would expect from elsewhere because it is such a cool climate. And getting that grape variety ripe is going to be difficult, so any red wine made from it is going to be very, very herbaceous and lower in alcohol, but usually it's used for rosé because uh, it can add some fruit, a little bit of tannic structure as well. Not a great variety you would associate with the Loire Valley, but there is some planted. And then another black grape variety grown in the Loire Pinot Valley nice. is which you will find in the northern part of the Loire, in Coteau du Loire. And again, if you like Cabernet Franc from the Loire Valley, from Chinon, then you will like Pinot d'Onis because it's got um, nice crunchy red fruits, light, lower in alcohol, fresh acidity, fun, appealing wines that you can serve slightly chilled but and very food friendly. The food of the Loire is fantastic and these wines go with them very well. And so you won't see these wines too often, but they are worth seeking out if you like lighter bodied red wines. And then to finish, we go to um, Western Loire or Atlantic Loire, where the main grape variety is Melon, also called Melon Blanc or Melon de Bourgogne, because that's where it originates from. But now in France, you only really find it in the Loire Valley, in the Pays Nantes, where, and it is the most planted uh, grape variety in the Loire Valley, even though it's all concentrated in one area. And the most famous appellation is, of course, Muscadet. And there are several uh, sub-appellations within Muscadet, most, um, the highest quality of which is Muscadet, Sèvres et Maine. Melon is a fairly neutral grape variety, high acidity, and the wines of Muscadet have a maximum alcohol of 12%, so really emphasising the lighter-bodied style of wine. 
But it is a useful grape variety because it resists the cold well, which is important in the cool climate of the Loire Valley, particularly on the Atlantic Ocean, where you're going to get a lot of cooling influence coming in from the ocean. And it's high yielding, which um, is good for growers because it means they have lots of grapes that they can sell and make wine from. Uh, that doesn't necessarily increase quality. But for Melon, where the uh, quality and the interest comes in is with Lee's aging. And so um, it will have on the label Sir Lee. And this means it's been aged on the dead yeast cells after the fermentation is complete. And, and it's for at least six months if that label, if that term is on the label. And this will give it more body, more texture, more weight without taking away from the high acidity. And the very best wines made from Melon and Muscadet can age for a long time. And there is a trend for holding wines back and releasing them when they're five years old or more because they maintain that high acidity while still while having the body that comes from the lees aging. And so that high acidity will gradually uh, become a bit more restrained, not quite as sharp, and, and then you still and you, then you have the richness from the lees aging. So those wines can be quite balanced and concentrated, but certainly uh, not about the aromatics, more about the structure and texture of the wine. Maybe a comparison with uh, Chablis for the very best uh, Muscadet made from Melon. So those are the great varieties of the Loire Valley, going from Sauvignon Blanc in central uh, Loire all the way to Melon in western Atlantic Loire, taking in whites and reds and all the different styles of wine that can be made in the Loire Valley from these grape varieties. So a very diverse region. In the next episode, we'll be looking at the white and sweet wines of the Loire, um, touching on those grape varieties again, but going into more detail about how they work in the different regions and the styles of wines that they can produce. So thank you for listening. I'm Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink. Thank you.